Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on episode 32 of Health Talk with Dr. Kel. I'm Nikki Sterner, and today begins a series dedicated to body detoxes and cleanses. We'll talk about the differences between a fast, a cleanse, a detox, a flush, and a restore. Then we'll follow up with episodes talking about their benefits and the effects on the body's specific organs and systems. The holidays are here, and we all know what that means. A little extra of this, and how about some more of that? Let's celebrate with family and love on each other. At some point, the excess food and beverages begin to send our bodies a signal. Whether that is through our bellies bloating or inflammation causing aches and pains in our bodies, it is then that we know it's time to clean it up. So, what do most people do after the holidays? They check their scale, and they check their bank account. Most decide this is a good time to start eating cleaner, exercising, and spending less. We're going to focus on a more specific way to feel better, through detoxes and cleanses, which help the body get rid of those toxins we just ingested over the holidays. Cheers! Welcome everyone to Health Talk with Dr. Kel. I'm Nikki Sterner, and today Dr. Kel and I are going to be talking about detoxes and cleanses, and we're going to do an introduction to the whole topic. So welcome, Dr. Kel. Thanks, Nikki. Happy to be here again. Before we get started, let's do the quote of the day, and that is, leap off the fence of indecision. Get out of the want to lane and put yourself in the got to lane by Gloria Mayfield Banks. Isn't that really what we do in life? We keep cycling back and forth, and we get lazy, and then we get motivated, and back and forth, and that's what we're talking about today, detoxes and cleanses, getting people off that fence, right? I mean, I was just thinking in my head, like, want to, got to. I tend to do, like, where I go hard. I think you do this, too, probably. And then you get a little burned out, and you need recovery time. And then it's kind of like that, I feel like, too, like, when I'm burning hard, I don't eat as well either sometimes. And then I have to, like, take a break and, like, get my energy back and clean up my food and do it all. It's like this cycle. Do you get on that cycle ever, Dr. Kell, or is it just... Absolutely, and there's so many analogies there with climbing mountains or doing a marathon or running a race. Or People have different personalities, and, and I think your personality and mine are similar in some ways in that we like big projects. We like to do things that, you know, like climbing a mountain. And so we plan for it, and then we go do it. And But when we're done, we're exhausted, and then we need a little break and we mm-hmm. you know go through a little burnout period and then we revive and and then we look for the next mountain to climb yeah it's so true it's like okay i'm ready i had two days rest let's go what's the next what's the next thing <laughs> yeah and, and then you have the personality of people who are more like compare the tortoise and the hare where they just walk along you know they have their goals and their path and they're just steady they just walk along and slowly slowly move along and never go way too fast or way too slow and and are more consistent in some ways. I can see the benefit of that way of doing things or you're like the hare, you're going to run real fast and then take a rest and run real fast and then take a rest. Either way you get to the end, right? Yeah, that's true, yeah. The the key is to just keep going, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, I I had it, I read another quote today in my planner that said, uh, fall down seven times, get back up eight. So that's kind of how it feels sometimes. <laughs> yes, there's times you're like, I don't think I can get up again right now. And that's okay, take a break. Until you yeah, can. that's when you, you're right. Yeah. Very good. So, well, do you have 
article today? Article of the day, yes. I, I did find one I found a little interesting. And it kind of ties in with what we're talking about, but more with the immune system. And uh, zinc. Zinc has been off and on in the news, and people tend to understand that zinc has been tied to boosting our immune system. But a lot of people don't know kind of the history of zinc. So I found this article fascinating, and it's more in the news too with COVID and and looking for ways to boost your immunity. There was a, a German physician in 1771 kind of giving credit for really pushing zinc. And in those days, they saw it as, as a medical benefit, and it was used for all kinds of things over time. Different claims were made about its benefit. Like so many things, you know, something new comes on the market, and, oh, it heals this, it helps that. Uh, as time goes on, and more people take it, and more research is done, kind of discover that uh, maybe it doesn't do all that we claim, but, hey, we do discover it has some great specific benefits. And one of the things that zinc is showing more and more benefit through the research is that uh, reduces inflammation in the body and still unsure as to why that occurs. I think it tends to work like silver, like we talked about, where it gets into the cell and actually helps the cell to release fluid, open up and release its waste and then enables the cell to draw back in uh, restorative nutrients. That's my theory. It has those benefits of antiviral effects and antimicrobial effects. Uh, just, you know, silver's gotten a bad rap, uh, uh, colloidal and nano silver that we talked about in several episodes ago. But I think it works on the same mechanism as that. So it boosts immunity. In fact, they've done some studies too. And one of the ben- another benefit this article mentions is Wilson's disease where uh, the body has a hard time ridding itself of copper. And the one treatment they discovered that actually works for that disorder, and, and one of the only things that works for that disorder is zinc. That helps in the binding process and rids uh, the buildup of copper in the liver, which can be very detrimental to liver function. So COVID-19, they've been touting it as potentially being beneficial to take zinc uh, prior to boosting your immunity in advance, and that's always the best, but even in those Patients who catch colds, get viral infections, they've found that uh, through some studies with both mice and humans that it appears to shorten the time, not so much the intensity, but the, the duration of a viral infection. Zinc comes in a nasal spray, is often used that way. They found that too much of that can actually cause you to lose your sense of smell. So you might be using the nasal spray with zinc and think you've got COVID because you've lost your sense of smell. But but if you reduce the use of it within a few days, that your, your sense of smell will come back. But it, that's a sign of overuse of the zinc. I'm not oh, sure why that occurs. but I have used zinc before when we've gotten sick um, in liquid drops. I just put it in, uh, I think we used to use like cranberry juice and water mixture. And we just add like liquid zinc and other stuff too. Yes, and we're working on a supplement through Ocean Basin Naturals to provide our own zinc supplement. But you can get it in pills, you can get it in liquids, you can get it in uh, lozenges so you can suck on it. And in mm. nasal spray and gels. It comes in a variety of ways and there's zinc gluconate, zinc acetate, zinc oxide we know is great for... Uh, protecting the skin. There's not too many side effects or overdosing effects of zinc other than the loss of smell. And that That's what I wanted to bring up about zinc. Great timing. I think there's always going something going around at this time of the year, right? Oh, I wanted to mention we do a zinc test in the office to test people to see if they're low on zinc and what that is. A bottle, 
uh, liquid zinc and we put that on the tongue and you hold it on your tongue for 30 seconds and if during that 30 second period if you don't taste that metallic taste that you have when you put metal in your mouth if you don't have a metallic taste in your mouth after 30 seconds that's a sign that you're low on zinc and we do that with patients and, and often find after they've been taking a supplement for several weeks they'll do it again and and they have that metallic taste it lets mm. us know that they've uh, improved their zinc levels to a point where it appears they're enough so let's talk about detoxes and cleanses and flushes so many names for all these things and they're it's fascinating to me because they say it's a 50 billion dollar a year business now all wow. the different companies putting together these different types of ingredients to cleanse this and detox that and you know you have a fa types of fasts and flushes and resets and it just can kind of go on and on with all the different names used mm -hmm. uh, to detox or to basically help yourself improve your health and that's really what it's all about improve your health um, but there's there's a lot of fad things out there I know Beyonce was a credited with one of the things she was promoting uh, with lemon juice and maple syrup and cayenne pepper. These things go cycle through round and round and round. How about you? Have you done any of these kinds of things over the years? I know you've had issues. I have, I've tried, a, yeah, a lot of different things. Um, I haven't done the lemon juice, cayenne pepper one that you were just talking about. Well, that doesn't show the greatest results as far as studies done. There's different claims made about it, but go ahead and tell some of your stories about different things you did. You've been exposed to mold and other things and had different types of toxins in your system that you attempted and rid your body of. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, yeah. Um, back when I had uh, breast implants, I was having anal fissure issues. And so I remember trying a juice cleanse and I think I did it for 10 days. It's like a juice water tea cleanse. I think I may have overdone that one. <laughs> that might've been too long because I started to get this rash on my cheeks from it, almost like a lupus rash. So it was like uh, my immune system was kind of like, it was a lot for it. So there was um, tea in it? What, what tea were you drinking? Do you remember? Uh, I don't think it even mattered what kind of tea. I, yeah, doing like, it was like apple juice and a lot of water. And I think I could even have watermelon towards like day seven, eight, nine, those days. I could eat watermelon, I remember. But I just remember dropping a ton of weight and all of a sudden I had this rash on my face that was kind of crazy yeah and that's um, scary right you get something like that yeah. however interesting you said that because oftentimes when people are doing these kinds of things they'll get skin issues happening for short periods of time and it, mm. it's possible that that your body was just that was part of the detoxing process because your skin is a huge part of your immune system and helping your body through sweating to get rid of toxins and waste that are inside your body some of those toxins could have been coming out through your skin and those toxins themselves sitting on top of the skin could have caused that rash or that uh, blemish. And I assume not long after you stopped it resolved? Well, I was, I, it's funny, I wasn't being treated by a doctor at this time, Dr. Kelly. I probably should have been and that was probably my problem with doing this by myself. Was then I started treating my skin with tea tree oil directly on on the oh, rash, no. thinking, oh no, ringworm or something like that weird. And so then I kind of burned my skin oh, a little yeah. bit. Tea tree oil directly yeah. on the skin is a no no, definitely. It's hey. a big no no, right? You're supposed yeah. to add a carrier oil. Yeah, you should always when dealing with like, uh, essential oils, you should always add uh, coconut oil or olive oil or grapeseed oil is a good one too to mix them with a little oil, like cucumber oil. 
too. But any any anything that that will just calm it down a little bit and and uh, act as a moisturizer. It'll sit on the skin and and moisturize the skin, and and it has, you know, tea tree oil has healing effects. It just it's just too strong straight on the skin. Yeah, especially the facial skin. So once I stopped doing that, then yeah, it went away and everything was fine. <laughs> so once I started letting my skin go back to normal, it was it was all good. But yeah, yeah. I remember when I, you were living here. The one of the great uh, comments about it being healing for the skin. The other thing uh, that I remember too, you tried our new product though we're not to market yet, the uh, uh, Himalayan Hydrating Serum. Uh, you tried it on your face and you said that worked pretty well, is that correct? Yeah, I actually still use it every morning and night. I love it. It's actually healed those spots a lot. It's it, Yeah, really helping. Yeah, very skin healing. It's got essential oils and uh, aloe vera and coconut oil in it. They're very healing to the skin along with uh, ionic silver. Mm -hmm. and also has hyaluronic acid so and, and we're working on it we may add some different combinations of things that we talked a little bit about zinc the other thing about uh, magnesium uh, we're kind of playing with those and some of the ingredients for for the skin as well mm -hmm. so uh, well let's get back to the uh, detox so i just want to talk a little bit about so people understand definitions and to be honest that i found as i was doing some of my research that uh, definitions are different for different people. So I'm just going to give my definitions and uh, my perspective on the definitions of these. I'm supposed to be the expert, right? Or, or, or close to it. So anyway, different things. So a fast. A fast is usually done with or without water. A lot of people think of a fast as having water. Uh, they say we shouldn't go for more than three days without water. And I've done a three-day fast with no food or water before. And Believe me, by the third day I was a little loopy, but I did feel good. I, I mean, I, I felt like it was a cleansing experience for my body, gave my body a break. And that's really what a fast does. Uh, most people do do it with water. You could also call what you did as kind of a fast. You're fasting from food, although you're still having liquids. We're basically taking a load off your body and, and letting everything from your intestinal tract to your liver and kidneys, everything take a break. Although one of the things you want to do during a fast, you want to have a lot of liquid because part of that intent is to flush the kidneys and flush the mm -hmm. whole system out. You know, clean the junk out of your intestines, reduce the load on the liver, the kidneys, help things kind of reset. The longest fast I've done is an 11-day fast. I actually lost oh. 19 pounds in 11 days. But one of the things that most people don't realize, or, and, but although I think more and more people are becoming educated about it, is that most of the time when you do that kind of a, a fast, which could also overlap the, the terminology. Uh, are you detoxing, which basically is are you ridding your body of toxins? That's really what mm. detox means, is to get rid of the toxins out of your system. You're helping your body rid itself of the toxins that be in the sludge in your GI tract that are sitting in your uh, colon that haven't moved along, flushing out those toxins that may be in the liver and the kidneys that have been there, sitting there a while. You know, your liver's a filter. And your kidneys also act as a filter. Like an air filter or oil filter in a car, the filters can get clogged. And when they get totally clogged and become dysfunctional, and people get liver cirrhosis and fatty liver and 
or you get kidney stones and mm-hmm. you know from imbalances in the minerals that you're taking or, or not taking, not ingesting, or exposure to toxins and chemicals. So basically, it's a detox is my point there. And so fast, you consider it a detox. Could it be considered a cleanse? Really, when you look at the two words, cleanse and detox, they're kind of saying the same thing, aren't they? When you're doing a cleanse, the intent is to clean out the toxins out of your system, do a general cleaning of your intestines. A cleanse, it really takes into account is adding in some other things along with trying to feed the organs, uh, feed the body so that it can use those good nutrients that you've been lacking and put the proper foods in there to give you the nutrients you need to so that your body can not only rid itself of toxins but also can heal or help heal it if damage has occurred which we know is constantly happening. Our body is constantly detoxing itself. When you're a small child and growing up through adolescence, that's really when your system is working optimal. As you're exposed to toxins in the air, through the environment, through liquids, as you're eating crappy food, processed food with chemicals, as you're exposed to plastics or other chemicals, whether it's taken in through a liquid, through your skin, through your, you know, your, your skin absorbs things as well. People don't think about that. And so when you're exposed to toxic fumes or things like that, it, it doesn't just go through into your lungs. It can go in through into your body through your skin. So the cleanse, anyway, you're typically adding things to it. The other thing that we should mention too is a flush. I would call a flush as something that you do within 24 to 48 hours. Its intent is just to clear the system quickly of anything that might be a problem for it. One of the things that uh, many years ago my wife and I started having patients do, and, and I've had many patients benefit from it, is is flushing the gallbladder, doing a liver gallbladder flush, which is a 24-hour process. And, and in the next episode, we're going to focus in on gut and liver detoxes and cleanses and flushes specific to those areas and the way it works inside your gut and, and your liver and how it's actually doing its job and how sometimes they're not doing anything for you. But we'll talk about more in depth about that uh, 24-hour uh, gallbladder liver flush that I really like. And we'll put that kind of stuff into the podcast notes so people can uh, see the links and download the information if they want to use it. Though we always recommend whenever you're doing a, a flush or detox or fast or whatever, make sure you educate yourself in advance. Uh, read lots of articles online. Get an overall view of it. Truly recommended to go see your healthcare professional, which is trained to help you do these things correctly. So like you said, you did that 10-day detox. is kind of a liquid fast as well. Mm-hmm. And you started noticing a rash on your skin. As I mentioned earlier, that rash could have just been part of the process of toxins being expelled from your system and it reacted with the skin and produced a rash. Actually wasn't giving you any permanent damage. It's just your way of your body getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. So not to always be worried. Sometimes people, when they do these kinds of uh, detoxes and flushes, they'll, their acne will increase mm. because, again, pores of the skin are releasing the, the toxins that are through the lymphatic system, really, is where that goes through. That's like you're sweating under your arms. That's why we talked in the past about it, how it being so important that you don't stop the sweat under your underarms. You realize people don't want to smell, but that's a way of your body ridding its toxins and waste out of its system so uh, you need to sweat so those things are all important the other thing to mention here is a reset or a restore i like to call it and those i would call more long-term cleanses where you're going for several weeks sometimes even months depending on your problem to uh, not only 
clean out, help your body get rid of the toxins, but also help it to heal. And if you've got some type of intestinal illness or, or other issues, there are many cancer diets out there and we're not, you know what, people need to do what they feel best about when it comes to dealing with cancer. But there are uh, many groups, uh, many of them cap can't operate in the United States because the United States has uh, medical communities been able to pass laws to basically say the only way actual cure for cancer is what they use with chemicals mm. and doing the chemotherapy and the radiation. But for people to decide on that one, my own personal feelings, if I want to throw them in there, is that uh, I would never go that route if I got cancer, but that's me. I prefer mm -hmm. to spend my last days or years in, in a state of comfort as long as I can and, and instead of uh, putting poison into my system. But if you trust the, the medical community more, use that. One of the groups out of San Diego that's been around for years and they operate out of Mexico is the Gershon Clinic. Mm -hmm. I believe it was back in the 50s that he came up with this diet and great success with it. It was even in the news for a while and then all of a sudden the medical community decided that he was a quack and started really hounding him. And that's kind of, I think, in those days is when things began where they started saying that anything that the medical community and the science tied to the medical community, scientists that work within the medical community, the drug industry, started passing laws that gave them the right to say that if we're not doing it right, nobody else is doing it right because we're at the leading edge of modern medicine and we're the only ones that can come up with the right answers. But uh, we know that's not true. We're going to get yeah. more into the cleanses and detoxes and all that because we're in more into natural healing and teaching you about the alternatives to Western medicine. Not to say everything in Western medicine is bad and I'm thankful for it in so many ways, but they don't have all the answers and there are other answers. Any questions, Nikki, or any comments you wanted to make? Um, I thought that was interesting how you mentioned the cleanse versus the detox. The cleanse is when you're actually adding in things. Are you saying like herbs and that sort of thing? Right, and we're going to get into that on the next episode, more about specifically what those things are. You talked about having some tea and 10-day uh, detox you did. What was it, tea and what else? It was tea, apple juice, and water. Okay, go along and throw that one back in with Beyonce too with the lemon juice and cayenne pepper and maple syrup. Really what it's doing, like we talked about before, is just getting body a break letting it heal. And that's it. what most of these cancer diets too, that Gershon diet uh, is, is all based on that. You're juicing, you're not eating mm -hmm. solid foods, at least for two weeks, maybe even up to a month. And you're just supplying your body with those healthy things that help it heal. So you're taking stress off all the organ systems, you're taking the stress off the nervous system, lymphatic system, and then you're giving it the nutrients it needs to heal in the process. So then the body has a chance to fight off the cancer because now you're helping heal the immune system. One of the reasons you get cancer to begin with, at least my theories, is that your immune system is so compromised it no longer is uh, killing off those cancer cells because we're exposed to toxins all day long and cancers develop, mutations occur because of a, a dysfunction of the immune system and so then it, the body stops to recognize that as a foreign entity and doesn't kill it and then it starts growing and propagating and, and uh, then you have cancer. You take the load off the body, give it the nutrients that helps it function better and why wouldn't the body then be able to once again recognize that that's a foreign entity it needs to destroy and destroy it. And we'll talk about that in future episodes too. I've got some good stories about different people who have found a benefit from these kinds of cleanses and detoxes and lived them for months at a time and actually seen the cancer disappear. It happens, it works, it doesn't work for everybody. You know, you just got to do when it comes to that kind of thing, whatever you feel right about. Yeah. Any other comments? So you said next week we're going to go into specifics on 
What was it? On gut and liver. Types of fasts, detox, cleanses, hyphen, flush, repair. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to cover it all and, and things you can do short-term, mid-term, and long-term as far as time. You know, something, everything from I can do something in 24 hours that can benefit fit me. I can do something for three days, seven days, several months. And what the benefits those are and what those would be, what would entail to accomplish those tasks and do them and, and why would you do them. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I was just thinking, I think a lot of times people get sick and then they turn to this sort of thing, detox and cleanse, to clean it up. I mean, I, I, I'm guilty of the same thing. When we get sick, like with the cold or flu or whatever comes around every year, that's when we get really, we clean up our diet, we don't eat junk, we, we do all that and our body heals. It works every time. Yes, we always recommend to people who aren't physically to come to bacteria or viruses, but they may not feel well in one form or another. Those are signs that your immune system is, is overloaded and it does make you more susceptible to succumbing to viruses and bacteria than in your body. Doing cleanses or the detoxes fast, whatever we want to call it, doing the maybe the short-term ones or maybe even the midterm a month, I would call long-term three to six months or, or longer. The flush is the 24-hour process and then detox three to seven days and the cleanse typically uh, three weeks to a month. We'll get more into those things next time. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing about um, the liver and gallbladder next week. That's going to be exciting. Well, of course, liver and gallbladder is so exciting. They, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the edge of my chair. <laughs> well, for those who might be dealing with a lot of gas, and we do have help with that, it might be exciting. Isn't that everyone? <laughs> exciting, about, exciting about getting rid of it or, or less of it, maybe. Yeah. Okay, Nikki, have a great All right. afternoon, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you so much. Okay. Remember Tuesdays. We drop every Tuesday. You're right. Yes. Be sure to share it with a friend or family member. Come Thanks, back, everybody. Come back and listen to Nikki. <laughs> and Dr. Kel. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Take okay. care. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye-bye.